0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I'm your host, Mike Catron, and as always, we are presented by Hashtag Basketball. basketball HashtagBasketball.com has a ton of tools for your fantasy needs, plus articles about the NBA and a whole bunch of Twitter lists that you can follow from beat writers, players, team Twitters. It's kind of a one-stop shop for all your NBA needs, so go check out HashtagBasketball.com. Let's get right into the box scores. There are a lot of games tonight. It's kind of important at the beginning of the season, like I've said, to jump into the waiver wire, pick up guys, take flyers on on different people. And you're already seeing some of those guys that you probably should have taken a flyer on in week one, you know, day two, day three, panning out. One of those guys, uh, one of my favorite guys in that list would be someone like Tim Fraser. Yeah, Tim Frazier probably wasn't drafted in too many drafts. I know he was going to be the starting point guard in New Orleans, but he wasn't on a ton of people's radars after a couple huge assists with decent rebound games from a point guard, plus shooting well. He's basically a must-own, and he's still only owned in 73% of leagues on Yahoo. So if you're in the other 27, there it is, percent of leagues, go get him right now. He's going to be very valuable until Drew Holiday comes back. How valuable he'll be after Drew Holiday comes back, I'm not really sure. That's uh, yet to be seen. I do see a significant drop-off for him simply because Drew Holiday is the better point guard on that team. So yeah, let's go to Game 1, Rockets versus Cleveland. Cleveland. This game was actually moved up in the day, so the Cleveland Cavaliers could watch the Indians lose, so congratulations on moving that game up. Came a 7 for the Cubs. Indians World Series is tomorrow, so good luck to whoever wins. I'm just excited for baseball to be over with. Looking at the box scores here, pretty great line from James Harden tonight. 41 points, 15 assists, 7 rebounds, 5 three-pointers, plus a steal. This is James Harden. Actually, the best part about James Harden tonight, one turnover. I'm really not sure how the Rockets lost tonight with that kind of performance. Eric Gordon had a pretty good shooting night, 6 for 13, 16 points, 4 three-pointers, 3 assists, 2 steals. I'm not a huge Eric Gordon fan, but he is standard league relevant. There's no real reason for him not to be owned, especially if you're looking for threes. He seems to fit best with the way this team is constructed. James Harden being the primary uh, primary ball handler and Eric Gordon being used to spread out the floor. Mediocre games from Ryan Anderson and Trevor Ariza Though so both of the Riza had three three pointers and Anderson had four three pointers, that's what you're signing those guys up for. That's why you're on your team. They're on your. That's why they're on your team. And Clint Capella only 19 minutes tonight. He was not in foul trouble, so I'm not sure if it was just a bad matchup against a smaller Cleveland Cavaliers team. Pretty unimpressive night, but I am not worried about Capella's value moving forward going down to the bench cory brewer is somebody who should be on radars he should be watched in uh, standard leagues simply because cory brewer does enough things in a nine cat league to be interesting right now he's not playing enough 21 minutes tonight but he had two steals or no he had a steal two assists and three rebounds which is okay in 21 minutes especially if you're in deeper leagues but cory brewer has been known to fill up nine cats when he's playing 30-plus minutes. I'm just not sure he's going to play 30-plus minutes on this team unless there is an injury to Eric Gordon or Trevor Arizo. Nene played 25 minutes. You really, if you're a Rockets fan, you got to hope that Nene Hilario is not part of your major rotation. That's not a great sign. Nene isn't interesting to me. He actually had a good line tonight. 4-for-4, 13 points five rebounds, four assists, and a block. I like that line. I don't like Nene Hilario. Deeper leagues, he's playing enough to be relevant. Standard leagues, no thank you. A watch candidate on this team is KJ McDaniels. That guy is a super athlete, and if D'Antoni takes a liking to him, he could see a significant uptick in minutes. Like I said, without a Permanent injury or a, a long term injury on this team, that bench on the Rockets really isn't something I'm interested in, in standard leagues. Similar to the Cleveland Cavaliers, their bench is a bunch of people I'm not interested in in standard leagues either. Possibly in a bigger standard league, the exception to that rule would be Mike Dunleavy or Eamon Schumpert. Both of those guys play decent minutes, Schumpert gives you steals and does shoot the three. Mike Dunleavy kind of does a little bit of everything and shoots the three as well. Dunleavy only played 18 minutes. If he's playing 18 minutes, he's not big standard league relevant. Iman Shumpert played 26 minutes, so that's a good sign, and he is the first guard off the bench there. Going to the starters, Jr. streaky as always, He made five three-pointers tonight, so he is on a hot streak. He also made only five shots tonight. He was 5 for 11 from behind the arc, 5 for 12 for the game. No free throws. It's really sad to see him not getting to the line as much, but when you're J.R. Smith, you can kind of do whatever you want. He also had three rebounds and two assists. This is the problem with J.R. Smith. He is a three-point shooter scorer and really doesn't do too much else, but doesn't hurt you. But he's just too streaky. And I've said before, streaky players are not my cup of tea because when I start them in spot starts on Roto Leagues, they play terrible, and when I bench them, they play great. And I need more consistency when I'm in a Roto League simply because if I don't know what I'm getting that night, you could have a pretty bad start, a pretty throwaway start that hurts you in the long run roto leagues are all about quality starts if i'm in a head to head league streaky guys don't bother me as much because they average out let's say they play 4 games that week they play two great games two crappy games all right you got a pretty decent player and that's that's worth it in a head to head league so streaky guys i can i can handle if you're in a head to head league if you got games limits or if you're in a head to head or if your your rosters lock at the beginning of the week, streaky guys are less interesting to me. Though I still see a value with J.R. Smith, especially when he's hot. The rest of this team did exactly what they were supposed to do. Kevin Love didn't have a ton of rebounds tonight; only five rebounds. But none of these guys I'm too worried with moving forward. Kyrie Irving had a monster night: thirty-two points, four three-pointers, eight for eight from the line, and four assists. You're never going to get a lot of assists out of Kyrie Irving, you should already expect that LeBron James flirting with a triple double, 19, 13 and 8. No steals or blocks from LeBron. None of these guys should drop off or or take a step back from last year. If anything, Kyrie Irving might take a step up simply because he's healthy and he's the youngest guy on this team and he's kind of the future. Tristan Thompson, 10 rebounds tonight. That's what you want from Tristan Thompson. He's not interesting to me at all. I see head-to-head leagues, him being a streamer-type player, where you need rebounds, you put him on your team. Or if you're in a bigger league, he's sitting on your bench just in case you need rebounds. In Roto Leagues, Tristan Thompson I don't think is ownable unless you're in kind of a bigger league. And in those leagues... I don't I don't mind spot-starting someone who is just a specialist. That keeps you level, and it's harder to get quality starts out of guys who are specialists because they really only do one thing. But if you spot-started Tristan Thompson tonight and got 10 rebounds and a block out of him, you're not terribly upset. He's a great offensive rebounder. He had six offensive rebounds tonight. So if you're in one of those leagues that does the extra categories for some reason, I'm not sure why leagues think that's interesting. That he's actually got a a little bit of a bigger value than he does in nine-cat leagues. But yeah, like I said, Tristan Thompson, not terribly interesting. Those teams are kind of... You kind of know what you're getting from those teams. Let's move on to the Orlando Magic and 76ers. These teams are a little bit more interesting when it comes to rotations and who might be playing heavy minutes. Plus, a lot of these guys are have potential or in a new role or um, you just don't really know what you're getting out of them. so I, I like these teams they are interesting to me This back, Miyambo has played in the last 3 games for Orlando. He's only played around 20 some minutes per game so he is coming off the bench. He's getting paid a lot to come off that bench. And his rebounds are solid. He's going to give you blocks. Is he if he's only played 20 minutes is he ownable in standard leagues? I would say no, unless you're in a big league. 20 minutes is not enough for Bismack Biyombo, but once he gets to 26, 28, approaching 30 minutes, then you're talking about a guy who, who should be owned simply because of the amount of blocks he can get and and the monster rebounds he can get. Coming off the bench, I don't like him as much. The rest of the Orlando Magic... Actually played really well other than Aaron Gordon, who is one of my favorite players coming into this year. So thanks for not playing that great. It's not a complete loss for Aaron Gordon tonight. He did have three steals and four assists. And to me, that's the most promising thing about Aaron Gordon. Yeah, he doesn't have it all together. He was 0 for 4 from three-pointers. He was 3 for 10 from the field. He only had seven points, two rebounds. Those are all numbers that need to be consistently much, much higher. But the fact that he does things like shoots threes, gets blocks, gets steals, three steals, that's nothing to uh, ignore. Once Aaron Gordon is able to put it together, he's going to be a full nine cat kind of monster guy. Is he going to put it together this year? Well, I'm not really sure, but he's given the opportunity to put it together this year. And that's the type of potential, the type of playing time combination that you want in a guy that you keep around on your team, even though he's not performing at a high level. The rest of this team all played uh, a lot of minutes. Alfred Payton played 38, Fournier played 37 minutes. Payton finally had kind of the the monster line you want to see from him. 18 points, 10 assists, 3 rebounds, 2 steals, and a block, and a 3-pointer. That's definitely not normal, but the fact, once again, that he has the potential to put up lines like that, make him a a very promising guy to own. Standard leagues, I'm not sure if you're in a regular-sized standard league of 10 team, I'm not sure if he's ownable unless he's going to be more consistent like this. I'm I'm, I'm willing to take a flyer on him simply because of his abilities to get assists and steals, but his shooting is poor, his free throws are poor, and they really, really hurt you if you're in a roto league. If you're in a head-to-head, it's a lot more... Feasible for you to keep him around on your roster. Vujovic, who I actually thought would kind of be hurt from the addition of Biombo and Abaca, 24 points, 14 rebounds, 4 assists, a steal, and a block. A monster lines from these guys tonight, but they're playing the 76ers. You should expect every team who plays the 76ers to go off. And that kind of runs into the quality starts argument that... Um, I'm a proponent of when you see a guy on your bench who's, you know, not a starter on your team, a guy you've taken a flyer on, but they're playing a team like the 76ers, why not just throw them in your starting lineup? Yeah, you might go over on your games played average. You might look like you're playing too many games, but who cares? I prefer to be over on games, even early in the year, simply because eventually One of your starters is going to get hurt, or he's going to be sitting out, or some of your guys that you stream in, your 7th, 8th, ninth guys, they'll, they'll have slumps, and they'll need to be replaced. So with Vujovic, you would think he would actually be someone who would fall off with the addition of Biombo, but he has not, and that's really promising for Vujovic guys, or people who own Vujovic, if... You're afraid of that time crunch which to me I am a little bit. Uh I I do think there's a potential for Vujovic's value to reduce if Bisbeck Biombo proves that he should be playing more minutes. Then I would try to move Vujovic at his peak. A 24 and 14 game is a good sign that that's around where his peak should be. So a couple games like that, if you want to try to get something better back for him, someone who doesn't have the uh, the looming potential of a minute's drop, then I would suggest doing that. That's Those those kind of moves are the savvy type of moves that will win you leagues. If you can move someone who's good but has a potential to fall off for someone who's better, that's the way to win. Abaka, two blocks tonight, only four rebounds. Vujovic kind of stole his rebounds, which is bit of an issue, but he made a three-pointer, 21 points. Abaka had a slow start, and I think he's going to be pretty good. He's featured in the offense more here in Orlando. His rebounds are still going to suffer simply because he's always going to be playing either with Vujovic or Biambo If unless, you know, they're not doing it right in Orlando. There's no reason for two of those three guys not to be on the court. Plus, you have good rebounding guards like Fournier and Peyton, and Aaron Gordon playing the three, who's also a, a pretty good rebounder. Abaka elsewhere, though, she he should still give you pretty decent blocks and shoot threes, which is nice from a guy who's uh, a power forward, possibly center eligible in some leagues. Going down to the 76ers, really bad news for anyone who's a, a, a big Bob Covington fan. Similar to Aaron Gordon, who didn't have an, a, a good night but did the counting, some, good st- had some had some good counting stats, Robert Covington had zero points. He was 0 for 6, 0 for 4 from 3, which is what you want him to be making, three-pointers. But he had two blocks, three steals, and five rebounds. So not a total loss, but Covington has been really inconsistent to start this year, and he's been inconsistent in the past. Sure... He's finished with standard league relevance in the last uh, in last year, last season. And down the stretch there, he was actually playing really well. He was making, in the last month of the season, four threes a game and getting eight rebounds. I'm not sure I, I see his usage. He was benefiting from a 76ers team that literally he was the best player on, basically, during the, the final stretch of last year. This year, he's not the best player on this team. I'm not sure he's the second best player on this team. Sergio Rodriguez, uh, probably a a more impressive NBA player than Robert Covington. Without the usage and consistency from Bob Covington, I'm not sure he's standard league relevant. He's a guy whose ceiling, to me, isn't terribly high. Yeah, I understand he's only 25, but 25 isn't, you know... That young when it comes to guys who can blow up. I would be I would feel safe dropping Bob Cummington in standard leagues. In bigger leagues, he does enough to stay relevant. Even though he's having a slow start, I would continue to hold on to him unless someone's really nice on your flyer. Joel Embiid played 25 minutes tonight. That's promising for everyone who owns Joel Embiid because tonight he had 18 points, 10 rebounds, 3 assists four blocks. And he shot a three. That's not terribly surprising. I love Embiid this, moving on this year. He is going to look great. The fact that he's just getting his NBA legs under him, and he's really seeing teams for the first time and playing his NBA talent in real situations for the first time and playing this well is very promising. He's going to have some bad nights, especially against teams who are good. But The fact that he can put up a line like he did tonight, his value is definitely on the rise. Sergio Rodriguez, I think, should be owned in standard leagues for sure. 12 points, 11 assists, 5 rebounds. He's the starting point guard for this team. TJ McConnell isn't good enough to play heavy minutes, though. TJ McConnell in 16 minutes had 7 assists. TJ McConnell can fill up that assist line, but Rodriguez does more. He shoots good threes, and... The guy's is just a professional. Sergio Rodriguez, I like him moving forward as well. I think this is his, um, me- these are his minutes to lose, and I don't see TJ McConnell fighting for that spot. Little um, trade news Jer- uh, Jaron Grant moved out to Oklahoma City. Illisova is not with the team for this game tonight, but he could be kind of an interesting play if they're tired of Daru Sar- uh, Saric. Saric actually, 21 points tonight, three three-pointers, a steal, an assist, three rebounds. He's adjusting to the league, and that always takes a little bit, but Saric has uh, the ability to, to put up some decent lines. I'm not sure he's fully ownable in standard leagues. I would take a flyer on him, simply because the, the upside's there, the potential's there, and he's getting playing time. If anything, Robert Covington might be hurt the most by Ilyasova because Ilyasova is kind of undersized for... is able to stretch the floor. Covington, if he's not hitting shots, can't stretch the floor. So Ilyasova, he's another one of those streaky guys who when he plays, you're like, oh, that's a really nice line, and then he is terrible the next game, and then he doesn't play the next game after that, and then he plays and he has a great game. And he, he's the, the consummate tramp on... For fantasy basketball, him, Jr. Smith, people pick him up, they use him, and they they drop him. He's he's definitely a fantasy basketball tramp. I would, I would, I would stay away from both him and Covington simply because that's the type of game I like to play. It's too early on Ilya Sova to see how they're going to use him in this system. Gerald Henderson and Hollis Thompson both had pretty decent games tonight as well. Hollis Thompson came off the bench, played 28 minutes. He shot the lights out, 22 points, 7 rebounds, an assist, 4 three-pointers. I'm not terribly high on Hollis Thompson, though this is a very promising line. Bigger leagues, he should probably take a, you should probably take a flyer on him, simply because if he's going to start playing that many minutes, he's going to give you good stats. Gerald Henderson is not an interesting name, but the guy... Scores pretty well and does a few things here and there once again not a standard league guy, but could play his way into standard league relevancy he's just his his upside his ceiling isn't terribly high. Everyone should know who Gerald Henderson is right now. Henderson hasn't really been standard league relevant in in quite a few years. I guess if you play in a bigger league with that many minutes it's hard to pass up on someone who does score fairly decently and doesn't hurt you too much he, he doesn't do enough of the counting stats for me steals and blocks and assists to get excited about but in in big leagues he's he's someone who could be at the end of your bench let's go to the next game of the night Lakers versus the Pacers the Lakers rotation has been kind of interesting tonight a lot of the starters didn't play a ton of minutes so I didn't see this game and it was kind of a blowout after the first quarter but the Pacers only up by 11 at half so I'm not really sure why the starters here uh, all played under 21 minutes or less that's kind of strange. I might have to go look into why this happened. My best take without knowing anything that's going on is that the starters were playing like crap and the bench guys were actually playing pretty well and Luke Walton wanted to teach them the young guys a lesson and say, "Hey, if you're not playing well, you're not going to play. If you're going to play hard, you're going to play." And LA kind of came came back a little bit in the in the third and in the fourth Just never could close the gap. Julius Randle fouled out in this game. He had nine points, ten rebounds, and a steal. Julius Randle to me was a guy I didn't think could take a a a leap this year, but it looks like he's doing enough things to be standard league relevant and kind of a little bit more frisky in the counting stats like steals, blocks than I thought he would be. Nick Young started. He only played twenty one minutes. Larry Ness Jr. and Lou Williams and Jordan Clarkston all played uh, almost 30 minutes. Clarkston is just a straight scorer, and I think he's ownable in standard leagues if he's going to play this many minutes for sure. Lou Williams had five assists, 19 points, three threes. I don't think Lou Williams gets a consistent enough playing time to be relevant in standard leagues. Plus, you kind of know what you're getting from Lou Williams, so... A guy you can stream in head-to-head leagues. Him and Clarkston both are definitely streamer class. Larry Nance Jr., on the other hand, six steals, 11 points, five rebounds, and an assist. Larry Nance Jr., who has a great name, by the way, he's only 23, and he's never really been given enough playing time to be standard relevant. But his per-36 numbers are a little intriguing to me. Last year, he played 20 minutes, had five rebounds, and a, almost a steal per game. If you push him up to starters minutes, those are actually pretty decent numbers. He gets a half a block a game in, in last year in 20 minutes. Right now, he's still playing 20 minutes. So the fact that he's just playing 20 minutes still makes me believe he's not going to be standard league relevant. But with injury with a change in the tides in LA or with a a desire to, to get Larry Nance some more tick and see what you can actually get out of this guy, Uh, him being so young in his um, second year in the league could be interesting. So I'd keep an eye on him in bigger standard leagues, deep leagues. I think he's, he's ownable for sure. He's uh, young enough and getting enough minutes to be, to provide Fantasy value in very deep leagues. Standard leagues, I'm keeping an eye on him. It's just, he's kind of an interesting uh, what-if scenario with those per 36 minutes. I'm not going to take the fact that the starters played under 20 minutes as a panic mode type of situation, but interesting to see what Luke Walton is doing there. It's definitely something to take note of moving forward. If we start seeing this as a pattern that could lower the value of the guys on the Lakers. Looking at the Pacers, who um, play at a high pace this year, and that's why I kind of like the Pacers, Paul George is great, 30 points, fa- um, 6 turnovers, which, you know, you're going to get the turnovers out of him, 4 steals, assists, 7 rebounds, and 2 3-pointers. Pretty nice. That's the kind of Paul George performance you want to see. Miles Turner, on the other hand, 2 for 7, 9 points, 6 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 blocks. The guy's still putting up the type of blocks that you were hoping to get from him. Even when he has bad games, you're still seeing good blocks from him. I'm not panicking on Miles Turner, but if you thought that first game was a sign of things to come, that he's the next AD or Cat, I think you're going to be a little disappointed. The fact that he's being ran out there so much, they're letting him... Really do whatever he wants on the first team. Shoot threes. They're going to keep going to him. I'm not worried about his potential playing time. And I'm not really worried about his potential because I think he's actually a really, really good player. You just got to realize this is his first year starting. He's going up against starter first team talent more often than he did last year. So expect some growing pains if you don't want to deal with that, or you think maybe if he blows up, you can get a high return on him. If you can get someone in that top echelon, that those Horfords, Paul Millsaps guys, um, then I would move him because those guys are more consistent, and they are better than Miles Turner, and they'll probably finish better on the season. If you're in a dynasty league, or you just like his potential, hold on to him. You're going to have to deal with games like this, but... There's nothing to worry about with him. I think he's he's pretty great. Thaddeus Young, another guy that I actually like. The consistency from him has been really nice, especially across the all nine categories. 14 points, six rebounds, three assists, two steals, a block, two three-pointers. That's a really, really great nine-cat game, and this was only in 28 minutes. He shot six for eight, which is a little unusual. He usually takes more shots than that, but he's a forward that gets you steals, and does a little bit of everything. I really like him. His ceiling is is this, basically. He's a good mid-round forward to have to play on your team to keep your team solid and, and, and bumping up in stats every game he plays. He's not going to blow up. He might have some pretty good games here and there. But the fact that they play at a high pace means he's going to get a little bit more usage, and I, I like him moving forward. I don't see anyone vying for time behind him this is this is his role on this team Jeff Teague another bad shooting night I'm not too surprised but at least he had six assists and two steals poor start for Jeff Teague this year I think he could be a buy low candidate right now simply because this is his starting spot and no one else is behind him in the rotation Aaron Brooks isn't suddenly gonna start running the first team there's nothing to worry about there so if you need a guard, this is a guy to target as a buy candidate. Monta Ellis had a pretty good Monta Ellis game. 17 points, two three-pointers, three assists. No steals. You want a little bit more from Monta Ellis. He's taken a step back this year. I think with the amount of hands to feed on this team, he's going to struggle to meet his previous finishes. That, And he's a little bit older, and he is not who they run the offense around. Jeff Teague's handling the ball more, so that that hurts Montellis as well. Is Ellis still is Ellis still standard league relevant? Yeah, definitely. So if people are dropping him in in your leagues, there's no reason to not own him. He's still a pretty good steal guy. CJ Miles off the bench shot real well. He's kind of a a guy if you're in a bigger leagues, I think should be owned because when he's streaky, he's standard league relevant, and when he's off, he's not great. But 23 minutes off the bench, he gets played as a as a hot hand as a hot hand. Interesting note: Timothy Mozgov did leave this game and did not return with a a, a laceration to the face. No uh, timetable right now for him. I'm not sure it was terribly serious, but any time he misses is actually a plus, I think, for everybody else on this team. I don't like Timothy Mozgov at all. He only played 19 minutes, 6 points, 5 rebounds. That helps guys like Randall get more touches, be a, a bigger part of the offense. Let's move on to the next game, Sacramento Kings versus the Miami Heat. Come on Sacramento. I need you to start winning some games. You have a very good-looking draft pick that I would uh that I would like to the Bulls to have. So you need to start winning some more games. Barnes actually started in this game and then dropped a a fat goose egg. Zero points. 0 for 7. Pretty horrible. But he had 8 rebounds, 2 assists, and steal. Interesting to see him starting. I'm not sure why he did. This was also Ty Lawson. His, probably one of his final games as the starting point guard. He was 1 for 6. Pretty terrible. 4 assists, 5 rebounds. I'm blaming this loss on him. Aaron Aflalo had a... What is a good Aaron Aflalo line? 18 points, three rebounds and steals. Like I was, he had one three pointer as well. Like I said with Aaron Aflalo, this is like as good as it gets. And that to me is not a standard league relevant person. Yeah, I mean, if your league's bigger and you need a guy who does some things, like is it starts and is, is enough to be relevant simply because he starts, fine, he can be on your team. If you're looking for someone with any potential, stay away from Aaron Ruffalo. Rudy Gay, DeMarcus Cousins, had monster games. Both went for 30. Rudy Gay, uh, 12 rebounds, assist to steal. Rudy Gay is criminally underrated. He's a great player. I would like to see him traded to a contender for his sake. But while he's on the Kings, it's probably best for fantasy that he stays there and continues to just rack up points, shots, and is the focal point of an offense outside of Cousins. DeMarcus, 30 points, only a block. Didn't shoot any threes tonight. What what gives DeMarcus? We couldn't make a few threes. This game went into overtime, and Miami Miami got wet in overtime, outscoring the Kings 17-5. to So, tough loss for the Kings. I'm rooting for them all this year, simply because I want their draft pick. Moving on to the Heat. The Heat are a very interesting team. I like the potential from a lot of the guys on this team. Gordon Dragic, great game, 25 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, 2 blocks, which is pretty crazy, and 5 three-pointers. That is probably his best line of the year for the rest of the year, and I, I don't see him getting any better than that or reaching that mark often. So to me, he's a guy who could be a potential sell-high candidate after a monster game like this. He's also a pretty. He's not going to fall off. He's he's from being standardly relevant or anything like that. It's more like if you want to try to maneuver your way into an upgrade. If he was a late guard you took and you already are good with guards, selling high on him is probably a a good move, especially after a game like tonight. Dion Waiters twenty points, four assists, four rebounds, a steal, and two blocks as well. What's going on on this team, Dion? I don't think is standardly relevant, but he he plays enough minutes to warrant someone to to watch. Whiteside, pretty good night, 14 and 11. Nothing nothing out of the ordinary with him, I think. Justice Winslow, I like. I'm up on him. I think he's pretty good, and I think he's going to run the offense a lot more moving forward. He had seven assists tonight. To me, that is something that could hurt Dragic's. Value, which is why I would sell high on Dragic. If you have the ability to do that, if your guards kind of stink, then I would keep him. If I was comparing Dragic and Jeff Teague, rest of the year, that's a tough one. I think they're pretty similar. I think Jeff Teague probably finishes higher in per average than Dragic, but I wouldn't put money on that. I think they're around similar players for the rest of the year. Winslow could be the deciding factor on whether Dragic is better than Jeff Teague simply because if they're f- comfortable having a point forward, like Winsla- Winslow run this offense and it's something they want to move forward with moving into the future, having, you know, this kind of um, NBA 2K style guard where you, yeah, I'll just put this guy in a point guard. Who cares? He only had nine points. He had two three pointers though and a steal. I like Winslow moving forward. I think he's going to be featured in this offense. He's the future of the Heat, so there's no reason why he shouldn't be. Tyler Johnson also had a really nice night tonight, so they did play a much smaller lineup, it seems. Probably trying to run around the Kings. Tyler Johnson shot really well. 22 points, 4 rebounds, 2 blocks, 2 steals, 2 assists, 2 3-pointers. A nice two-two-two-two 2 line. If only he could have got one more turnover, it would have been an extra two in there. He's also a young guy to keep an eye on. He's playing 29 minutes a a game this year, averaging pretty good um, across-the-board numbers for a 9-cat. Nothing amazing from him, but he does a little bit of everything, and he's young, and the potential's there. I, I don't see a problem... With If this is the type of guy you like to take flyers on, this is the kind of guy you need on your team, the shooting guard position is a bit thin, then take a flyer on this guy. I'm not sure whether or not the Heat are going to play him throughout the season as much as they are now but it's a good sign that he he's playing 20 to 30, 28 30 minutes starters minutes off the bench. So, take a flyer on him. Move on Tyler Johnson. I just think the fa- his youth and the fact that the Heat really don't know where they're going give him a good opportunity to to be f- f- standard league relevant for sure. Moving on to the knicks Detroit Pistons game. Starting with the Knicks Derrick Rose did a bunch of Derrick Rose stuff. Once again, 19 points, shot way too much, only two assists, five rebounds, and a block, which is nice. He tried to shoot a three-pointer. He did not make it. This is Derrick Rose. Look at this line right here. That is a a great Derrick Rose line, 8 for 17. This is the type of guard you're going to get. If I'm in a 9-cat league, I am not interested in having this guard. He doesn't do enough guard things for me to be happy with him. This is like okay to mediocre shooting guard status. Like He's like a a a low mid-round shooting guard at this point. He's not doing enough of the assist steal three-pointers that you want from a guard. So I stay away from Derek Rose, though he does score, so if you need points you're going to get points out of Derrick Rose. Just don't worry about that field goal percentage. Joakim Noah, interesting night. 12 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 blocks. That's an old-school Joakim Noah night. Love Joakim Noah. As a standard league guy, though, Well, he's starting, he's playing heavy minutes, and that line right there starts to enter him into the discussion of being standard league relevant. I'm scared of his health. I'm scared of... The Knicks using him correctly or often. Sure, he had 31 minutes tonight, but I don't. I'm not sure if they're going to rely on him to be the number one center on this team all the time. If you need kind of interesting big man stats like that, and you're not, you do not care at all about scoring, then take a flyer on Joakim Noah. He's played well enough in the last two games to warrant someone to uh, someone to look at. And if you're in, in bigger leagues, deeper leagues, I think he's definitely someone you should own simply because of the things he does from a center position. Standard leagues, I think you have to be in a very specific punting mode or in a in a you have a very specific need on your team for someone like Joaquim Noah. I don't think he's someone you want on a roto league starting over and over but he could be a spot star guy for you in a roto league he could also be a streaming guy in head-to-head leagues simply because he's going to give you pretty good assists for a center which is is pretty rare and he's going to give you good rebounds his health is always going to be an issue so don't rely on him moving forward Chris S. Porzingis, 18 points tonight, 6 rebounds. An okay game for him. I'm not worried about him. I think you know what you're getting from him. One, uh, Brandon Jennings, only 19 minutes off the bench, like I've said about him. Not going to be standard league relevant until Derrick Rose gets hurt. Looking at the Pistons, a bad night from Andre Drummond. Only 9 points, 13 rebounds, and an assist. No, 2 assists, 2 steals, and a block. That's okay. It's not great. You really want him to be playing much, much better. Ish Smith still doing Ishmith stuff as the point guard 10 points, 8 rebounds or 10 points, 8 assists, 2 rebounds and a steal. I like Ishmith as a standard league guy. He's second in my backup point guard rankings of who's playing when they're injured. Tim Frazier still got the crown and Ty Lawson is about to go. So, it'll be interesting moving forward with them. Caldwell-Pope really nice game tonight. 19 points, four three-pointers three assists, three rebounds, one steal. Coldwell Pope isn't consistent enough for me to warrant a flyer off of just one outing that looks really good. He's played solid over the last two games, but I, I really haven't seen enough from him to to want to take a flyer in some of the shallower leagues I'm in. found a bigger league and he's available. He should be probably owned simply because he's a starter if you want to take a flyer on this guy i can see why you why you would give him a shot i'm a little worried about his consistency but i personally think you can find guys who provide what he currently does right now and a little bit more for less but if there are no guys left like that you know you're marvin williams and your are your crowders, if if you don't have one of those guys and you need something like that and this guy's sitting on your waiver, then uh, pick him up, take a flyer. He's actually averaging 51st in averages right now, but that is because of the two pretty solid games he just had in a row. He still needs to prove that he can shoot, and he's shooting w- way above his normal field goal percentage, and that's kind of the reason why I'm a little hesitant in picking him up. Tobias Harris is really impressive. I feel like Orlando really dropped the ball in, in letting him go. 25 points tonight, 10 rebounds, 3 assists, 2 three-pointers. I'm really liking Tobias Harris. I think his value is on the rise, and it's, it's actually kind of high, but I'm not really sure it's inflated. I think this is kind of the guy Tobias Harris is going to be. This year, he's getting a ton of minutes right now. Last season, he finished 55th on averages. He's scoring more, and he's shooting way, way above his field goal average. So do expect a bit of a drop-off in his shooting, but I don't see him dropping off when it comes to the rest of his performance. His He's always been a guy who gets good rebounds, a couple assists, can do a steal and can get the occasional block and shoot threes. That's a really great nine cat guy to have. I think he might finish a little under what his current performance is right now, but he's not going to fall off. He's going to be a, a top fifty guy, I think. And that's a that's a good guy to have if you can get better players for him right now, simply because he's killing it. Then go right ahead, but do try to get someone who's a you know a second third round guy um, out of him because Tobias Harris. Is he's he's a pretty good fancy player. He does everything you kind of want in a nine cat league. The next game on the slate was the Bucks versus the Pelicans, and this is where the king of the backup for injured point guards, Tim Frazier, had a monster line tonight: twenty points, nine assists, four steals, three rebounds, and a block and a three. That's a beautiful line. I love Tim Frazier. I love him moving forward. I think when Drew Holiday comes back, they're going to find a way to play him more. Is he going to look like this? No, probably not. But in limited minutes, during the last month of last season, he was playing actually 29 minutes. So I don't expect him to get 29 minutes if everyone's healthy on this team. But he was able to get you seven assists uh, over a steal a game, four rebounds, 13 points, that's really that's really impressive coming off the uh, bench there last season. He'll probably drop out of standard league relevancy, especially if you're in shallower leagues when everybody's healthy on this team. But I'm willing to hold on to him and then keep him when Drew Holiday comes back, simply to see how New Orleans wants to use him. So I love Tim Frazier moving forward, though there's a decent chance that when everybody's healthy, he he's someone you just gotta drop, but... Get those quality starts right now from him. Be starting him all the time. Looking at the rest of the Pelicans, Anthony Davis is just Anthony Davis. 35 points, 15 rebounds, three steals, three blocks, two assists. Shot three three pointers, which is really um, something you want to see done a lot more from Anthony Davis if you own him. But he got his points tonight, 17 for 18 from the line, and that's where. Anthony Davis's true big man value comes up. Obviously, he's elite rebounder and elite blocks, and as a top tier steals guy. But a big man who can shoot from the line—that's how he gets all these points. That's that's someone who's so valuable, especially if you're a guy who likes to do the percentages. Not enough people pay attention to free throw and field goal percentages. He's great. Etwan Moore also a good night. Thirty six minutes, seventeen points, three assists. Etuan in uh, three three-pointers. Etuan Moore is going to be Tim Frazier's competition when everybody's healthy. And so whoever, however they want to use this guy, Etuan Moore is probably a little bit better off the ball than Tim Frazier is. So Etuan Moore could hurt Tim Frazier in the future. I'm still holding on to Tim Frazier. Dante Cunningham played 38 minutes and had nothing impressive to do tonight. I don't really think he's standardly relevant at all. Looking at the Bucks. Man, uh, the Greek freak is taking a leap this year. Twenty-four points. He shot six three-pointers, but only made one of them. At least he's trying. Uh, Ten rebounds, seven assists, two blocks, of steal. This is the kind of these are the kind of lines you want to see from him. He looks like he's trying to get the rest of the team involved a little bit more. Matthew Dellavedova, eleven points, eight assists, two steals, five rebounds. The guy's getting starters' minutes. If you need a guard, he should be picked up in standard leagues. Yeah, he's not a sexy name, but he gets, he's getting a lot of minutes. S- Tony Snell, with the start, played better than I thought Tony Snell could ever play. 13 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 three-pointers. Am I taking it a flyer on Tony Snell? No, I'm not taking a flyer on Tony Snell, simply because I know who Tony Snell is. I've seen him play basketball before, but I'm paying attention to Tony Snell. 33 minutes is nothing to scoff at. That's impressive. If they're going to run him and he's going to get the opportunity, he's going to do nice things. gonna. They need someone to spread the, the floor out. He was three for nine from behind the arc, so it's not like he's shooting incredible percentages or anything. But three three-pointers are three three-pointers, and a surprising 10-rebound game from him, I don't think that's going to be the norm either. But if you're in a bigger league, you want to take a flyer on Snell, go ahead. I think that's that's relevant in standard leagues. I'm not taking a flyer on him. Depends on your situation, but I don't think he's consistent enough to be standard league relevant. Jabari scored a lot tonight, but didn't do much else. I think him and Wiggins are both those kind of those type of guys. Uh, Wiggins I think is a bit better though. Wiggins seems to be working on his um, his range and does more things in the counting stats than Parker does. Parker's is kind of a poor man's Wiggins when it comes to fantasy. I don't like him in fantasy simply because that's all he does. But if you're in standard leagues, he should be a must-own simply because of his point, the way he scores. Nothing else. Greg Monroe, only 18 minutes tonight. Still had 6 assists and 11 rebounds, which is pretty crazy. Greg Monroe owners can't be happy with the minutes played tonight. Plumlee only played 14 minutes, so it's not like Plumlee was taking up all... Of Monroe's minutes, I just think this team wants Monroe to be on the second team, and is not a huge fan of him and his defense. Not a great sign moving forward with Greg Monroe. If you got him on your team, I would try to see what I can get for him. Obviously, you want to sell high, so it might be you got to wait, hold, and and see if he gets uh, some tick later in the year. But this is a sign of thing to, of things to come with Greg Monroe. So I would go ahead and look into moving him once he goes off for a few weeks. The next game tonight is the T-Wolves versus the Grizzlies. The T-Wolves blew out the Grizzlies. I feel like uh, they played uh, recently, and the T-Wolves wanted to get a little revenge on them. Carl Anthony Towns, not a, a stellar night when you consider you probably picked him early in the first round. 11 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. A steal a block that's a bad towns night which is a pretty decent night from anybody else i'm not selling on towns this could be a a, a, if someone's panicking right now is a good time to go after towns i'm never selling towns that guy's just too good chris dunn with the start tonight rubio out for a while so get your flyers ready for chris dunn he had 10 points six assists five steals that's pretty crazy four rebounds two three-pointers I'm taking a flyer on him in all standard leagues. I think the opportunity is there for him, and he's not going to fill up the box score like that, I would assume. But that's a great start, and great starts are are worthy of flyers. Zach Levine is going to thrive without Rubio because he's also going to handle the ball a little bit more. He had 31 points, five three-pointers, four rebounds, two assists. That's also a great line from him. Gorgie Dang... One of my favorite 9-cat players, monster monster line, 17.6 rebounds, 2 assists, 3 steals, 2 blocks. I know that's not a Anthony Davis monster line, but that's a Gorgie Dang, this is what I do line. I love Gorgie Dang's 9-cat ability, especially playing Tibbs minutes. He should be someone you're actually kind of, I would go after him. I'd, I'd make a trade for him. I think he's going to be great all year. This, that's his spot he's not going anywhere he's going to play with Towns most of the year Wiggins an all right night like I said he's he's better than Parker because he got four assists three rebounds but he's a scorer 17 points two three pointers surprising he only played 29 minutes but this was a blowout like I said so even in a blowout Tibbs reaching the 30 minute mark with most most of these guys not a huge surprise Oh, for Memphis, yeah, I guess this is why it was a blow. Gasol and Connolly sat tonight. I don't think there's anything to worry about there. I think they just wanted a schedule loss. Uh Baldwin came in and did not perform as well as Dunn did, and Baldwin had a pretty good couple good lines to make him an interesting player. I'm not sure what fantasy relevance you're gonna get out of a game like this where the Grizzlies decided not to really play their starters. Zach Randolph only played ten minutes. They really weren't interested in, in much, if anything. I, I I like Andrew Harrison's line. He played thirty-two minutes. He had four steals, five assists, and a three-pointer. That's an interesting guy to keep an eye on. I th- He's kind of buried on the on the bench, but if you're in deeper leagues, I guess it's a guy to keep an eye on. I'm I'm not getting much out of that simply because they decided not to play their starters. Probably should look into that before I, I, I ream them for getting blown out. The next game tonight is the Jazz versus the Spurs. Derek Favors only played 16 minutes tonight. I'm not sure if he re-aggravated an injury or anything like that. He was not in foul trouble. I'll have to hit the tweets to see whether or not what was going on with Derek Favors. The Utah Jazz won tonight and won pretty handedly. They they kind of put the Spurs back on the ropes and then closed them out in the fourth Gobert didn't score a ton, but twelve rebounds, no blocks. That's not a great night for Gobert, but I'm not worried about him. Once again, this was a guard heavy offense, with Hill and Hood taking a bunch of shots, scoring a lot. Uh Hill, seven assists, that's really great. You want to see that. Both those guys should be owned in all leagues. Trey Lyles played twenty nine minutes tonight. That's a guy who might be a flyer type. Uh big leagues should be owned, but standard leagues, guy to watch, guy to maybe take a flyer on. Joe Johnson still played thirty four minutes. Kind of a, a weird night for the Jazz with favors not playing that much. But Trey Lyle's coming in. They might want to give him more tick. The Spurs, another mediocre night for Paul Gasol. Only 27 minutes. This, to me, is the Paul Gasol uh, of what you're going to see for this, uh, the rest of the year. A guy who's playing almost starters' minutes, you know, because he is older and he also doesn't play great defense. Eight points, eight rebounds, three blocks. At least you got the rebounds and blocks out of him tonight. You really want a a much higher scoring from him, but I'm I'm not sure you're going to get it, especially with Leonard and Aldridge being the primary scorers on this team, the people they run the offense with. Kawhi Leonard's Kawhi Leonard, and he's just amazing. I think he might win the MVP this year. LaMarcus didn't get a lot of rebounds, but I'm not worried about him. Tony Parker doesn't look... Like Tony Parker, and that's a little discerning for me. He's not a guy I draft in standard leagues, simply because I don't think he's a very good fantasy player. When it comes to nine cat, he's more of a real NBA guy. He he played full thirty three minutes tonight. Patty Mills only played fifteen. I I thought they were kind of sharing the ball more. I still like long term Patty Mills over Parker, but Parker's never going to lose that job. He's still amazing. He did have six assists tonight. So it's not like he was completely incompetent, but fantasy-wise, both of those guys aren't ownable in standard leagues. Deadman only played 12 minutes. He was a guy that was uh high on player raider lists if you uh in rankings, if you look at that sort of stuff. And he's a guy I I'm not I'm not interested in either because I don't think he has the playing time to keep up what he's doing right now. He had a couple of good games, and that's why his averages are so high. The start from Jonathan Simmons, another disappointing night from him. Everybody who got trigger-happy and went and picked him up, I actually applaud you because you should be trigger-happy in the beginning of the season, but you should also be willing to get rid of someone who was had one great night, but then a couple crap nights. Simmons, I'm not sure what he's going to bring to the table this year. It's not looking great right now. Obviously, they're giving him enough playing time to make something of himself but shooting this poorly in the last few games not really an interesting fantasy guy to me. I'm willing to drop him and move on and just you know get someone else off those waivers. So under the final game tonight, the Golden State Warriors versus the Trailblazers this got real ugly in the third. the uh, Golden State just demolished them in the third quarter scoring 41 points in that quarter. To Portland's twenty, this was actually kind of a, a tighter game up until that point, which is sad because I do I love the Blazers this year. I think they're a really fun team to watch. This would have probably been a great game to watch up until that point. Looking at the Blazers, not great nights from anyone other than Lillard and McCollum, who are always going to be doing something well and shooting a lot and and scoring. And getting the, the not a lot of assists tonight. Miles Plumley actually had six assists and led the team there. Plumley only played twenty two minutes. I'm fairly sure that was because of the blowout. But he's been playing pretty decently for this team. If you need a big man, he might be a flyer guy to a guy to pay attention to or got to take a flyer on. Aminu did a, a, a fill up stat line. He only had six points. He shot poorly, but ten rebounds, three assists, three steals, and a block. That's the kind of line you're looking for. Aminu. Aminu. Like I said, he's kind of one of those guys who fills it up but doesn't score a lot. And there's a ton of those guys out there. Caldwell Pope is actually probably better than him, simply because Caldwell Pope seems to score a little bit more. It's it depends on what what you want. I think Aminu is going to give you better counting scores than Caldwell Pope, but Caldwell Pope's going to make some threes and and and, and be kind of a more consistent scorer. So, it just really depends on what your team setup is is between those two guys, but those are the kind of that's the kind of level I put the those two guys in moharkless, a guy that I'm actually high on, had a really bad night tonight. I'm going to ignore that one. I think Moharkless being the starter, he's got plenty of opportunity to be uh great, but it does hurt if he's gonna have these these crap nights and he's not gonna be consistent. He was playing the Warriors, so I'll give him a little bit of of the doubt. Evan Turner off the bench with 21. He's a guy who is interesting every once in a while, but he didn't really do the things he's known to do, which is like assists and steals and rebounds from a guard position. He only played 20 minutes, like I said, but he he had 14 points and a three-pointer. Deeper leagues, I think he's relevant, but standard leagues, he's definitely not. The Warriors did Warriors stuff. Not a lot of scoring from Green, but he did everything else, and that's what you're paying him to do nine assists, eight rebounds, three steals, two blocks, and a three. That's Draymond Green for you. Solid nights from both Durant and Curry. Curry actually got off to a slow shooting start in this one, and then I guess he was part of that third quarter monster blowout. 28 points from him, five three-pointers. Everyone kind of expecting him to fall off really hard, I just don't see it. He's still going to score. He's still going to make five three-pointers a game. There's no reason for him not to just shoot more three-pointers. Hopefully Durant gets him a bit more open. Where he's struggled so far this year is his rebounds and assists, and that's a little bit disappointing. I'd like to see him dish the ball out a little bit more and um, be a little bit more active. But he does, if he doesn't have to be, he's not going to be more active on the boards. His steals, I think, will come back to his averages. I'm not worried about him with that. Curry's still going to be a top three guy in this league. Clay Thompson, another poor shooting night. I think that's a buy low candidate at this point. He was 0 for 7 from three-point land. That's what you're wanting from him is a ton of three-pointers, and he gave you zero. Buy low on Clay Thompson. He's, I mean, he's part of a team that's figuring it out. He's playing starters minutes. He's it's a juggernaut team. They're gonna figure out a way to get everybody involved in that offense. Right now, he's the guy who's taken the biggest hit on this team with the the addition of Durant. But I want Klay Thompson on my team simply because I know he can do crazy things. He can score huge amounts of points, nail threes, and give you the uh, count uh, good counting stats. By low on Klay Thompson. I'm all for, I'm all for him. I don't think he's gonna be this bad for the rest of the year. Iguodala had 24 off the bench, and uh, Ian Clark actually had 25. I think I actually remember when I was watching this game in the first half, they said Ian Clark was only Warrior playing well in the first couple quarters. He had 22 points, 8 for 8, 3 for 3 from three-point land, three steals, an assist, and two rebounds. That's a great line. Do I Am I taking a flyer on him? No, I just don't think the playing time is there for this bench but I'm I'm, I'm going to keep an eye on him for sure. So that's it for tonight. We got through all the games. Those are the box scores. We'll be following up later this week with more box scores simply because this is the time to find out who is is hot, who's going to be a guy you can get off the waivers. So right now paying attention to the box scores is probably one of the most important things you can do. Buying low, selling high is also uh, smart to do with guys who are panicking this early in the year. Later in the year, I think we're going to spread out the podcast. We're not going to do box scores every single night because things will have calmed down. The variance in players will lower, and you'll kind of know what you're expecting here and there. So we'll probably go get more into mid-season strategies, uh, trades, waiver wire pickups uh, if they're hot, and what moves or injuries teams are doing that are affecting the values of players you already have. So those will be a little bit less heavy on box scores and a little bit more on th- problems or issues people have during their leagues. So if you do have questions or uh, need fantasy advice, feel free to tweet at me. You can find me on Twitter at WatchTheBoxes, all one word. Feel free to give suggestions, feedbacks on the podcast. If you want something, uh, questions answered on here, we're probably going to do some Q&As in the future. So... Thank you for supporting the podcast. If you really want to help the podcast out, give us a good ranking on iTunes or whatever podcast app you use and leave us a review. The higher the rating and the better the reviews, well, or the fact, probably the quantity of the reviews when you look at it, will help bump us in the rankings and that will help more people find us. If you know people who might like this podcast, text them, copy and paste the links to this, to their phones that would also help i'm hope hopefully we're providing some pretty good fancy analysis here we're going to also be looking into getting uh some more guest stars simply because i don't like talking to myself that much and you might not listen like listening to just me as well so getting some other perspectives will help this podcast is kind of a work in progress so far so we're really going to be responding to what listeners want so if you have suggestions please send them through That's it for tonight. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Have a good one.